Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Real Mission Impossible show with Coach MJ. Are you ready? We search the globe for the most amazing people who have overcome incredible obstacles, demonstrated amazing resilience, and done the impossible. I said, are you ready? May the real life heroes of Mission Impossible from around the world be inspired, be motivated. Join, Join the, the real, real Coach, Coach MJ, MJ on the Real Mission Impossible show. Hi, this is Coach MJ from the Mission Impossible show coming to you with my next guest, Enrique Acosta Gonzalez. Enrique is a dear friend. He is a veteran. He is a leadership advocate, and he is the founder of Triad Leadership Systems. We'll let him talk to you more about what he's doing, but I'd like to just bring him on now and ask him uh, what leaders should be doing now, how they should be responding to world events, to social events. How do leaders fare? in these waters today. Enrique, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you, MJ. It's uh, it's funny to be on this side of the show. <laughs> Normally I'm doing the other side, but uh, thank you for having me today. Thank you all the listeners. So I'm Enrique Acosta Gonzalez, as uh, MJ so uh, kindly introduced, CEO of Triad Leadership Solutions. And, you know, I've been talking about this, MJ, for the last several months now. Uh, specifically about what do leaders do in a in a turmoiled world uh, because i have seen decades of different things but none all together all at once it seems like everything is happening that's right so what do, do leaders need to do well the very first thing leaders need to do is to get inside themselves because it's going to take a whole lot more than just book knowledge and some experience to get you to lead people through what's going on. So you have to ground yourself, learn something about you because it's gonna take a lot. It's gonna take a lot of leadership knowledge. It's gonna take a lot of uh, strength, inner strength. So the first thing I would tell leaders is it's time to look inside of you and find out why you are leading. The reason why you are leading because Typically, any kind of leader would suffice. Not now. It's going to take a whole different type of leader. So you got to look inside of you. You know, that's uh, made me think about the old Wild Western movies where you had a marshal in town and the bad guys, the outlaws are coming in and the marshal was outnumbered 20 to 1. So he walks into the saloon with these 10 badges and goes, hey, Fester, come here. What are you doing? Well, I'm cooking beans. Oh, you're a deputy now. And then another guy comes in. What are you doing? Well, I'm just sawing my other leg off. That's okay. Come here. You're a deputy now. And what do you do? I'm just horseshoeing the old cows. Horseshoeing cows. Are you crazy? Here, you're a deputy now. <laughs> and so, you know, you have so many people today, um, not just today, but yesterday and the generation before, <laughs> who found themselves in a leadership position because they were deputized by someone without any curriculum, without any software, without uh, a, a real alignment with the leadership values that should have been given to them in the first place. And leaders sent then at that point, these deputized leaders who are all in organizations today. And if you don't believe me, go 
go out into the retail sector, you'll meet them. Some, some of them have had this education and some of them obviously and evidently have not. Uh, you can meet those guys over the phone when you call to ask for a manager, right? Mm -hmm. So I think uh, I, I get your point to get to know you yourself, to, to be ask yourself why you became a leader in the first place. And then of course, in the, in the event your organization may not be giving you the leadership software that you feel you're going to need to be able to cross over in this terrain, in this environment, then accept responsibility that it's your job to get yourself up to speed. It's, it's yourself to, it's up to you to get educated. It's up to you to reach out to companies like you, Enrique, uh, with Triad, to, to be able to up their leadership skills. We tend to treat leadership as a technical issue and it's more of an adaptive issue. Every time you try to teach or uh, treat leadership as a technical issue, we'll throw some other program at it. We'll throw some other entity at it to try to fix an adaptive issue. The problem in leadership and why it's not so effective in a lot of cases is because technical knowledge is not just gonna get you all the way through. It's just a piece of it. The biggest challenge a leader faces is adapting and adopting the things that they're being taught technically. And so if you can't adopt them, that's why I say you got to look inside of you. If you can't adopt and actually adapt that into your daily life, where you now become the actual reflection of the technical knowledge you're getting, then you're, losing, you're missing the whole point. So leadership has to be addressed in an adaptive type of way and not just technical. I get that. And how would you suggest leaders today toe the line or, or walk the line when their personal life and their business life? Is there is there a line or is there congruency or should there be? That, that's a great question. A lot of people are asking and trying to figure it out. Um, this is how I approach it, right? And, and, and this is Enrique's life, so I'm only going to speak for me. Who you get on the leadership side is who my family gets at home. So there should be no difference. Let me give you an example. I was talking one day to my son. And I said, son, what I fear most is that when I die, that there's going to be a group of people at that uh, service that are going to speak things about me that you have never heard. I don't want my funeral to be the first time that you saw me as a leader, that you saw me as somebody changing this world. I want you to know that and it not be a surprise because believe me, when people die, there are a bunch of surprises that come up. But in leadership, that should not be the first time your family finds out that you were leading because they should be in agreement. They should be saying, that was my dad. That's an interesting uh, story to be able to relate to. I can't think of a, a more apt way to be able to talk about that leadership should be three-dimensional, that it needs to be holistic, that it needs to be all embodied. And that when you refine your leadership principles and practices, to the point to whereby the same leader sits at the dinner table with his family as goes out. Of course, 
it's a big difference between authoritative leaders who resonate their leadership credentials through authority versus getting, we talked about this, I think it's one of your posts uh, that you did recently on LinkedIn uh, where you did a video. And I think I chimed in on that one. It's really about, is your leadership authoritative base? Do you have rank over people? You use that as leverage or are you using influence? And if you're using influence, then what you've just said is apropos. Because if you're influencing people out in the world and in the same way you're influencing your family, that's golden. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it goes back to your your example of uh, deputized leaders, right? A deputy, and, and I call them badges. I used to call them badges. When I was in, mil- in the military, because even in there, you still have those people who run around with badges. They don't have the authority they show you something that is similar to the authority. And then that's what they use to do their work. Well, you know, there's a, there's a biblical, uh, if I can share that, there's a biblical uh, perspective on that. And it was when the seven sons of Siva went to go exercise a, a authority over a spiritual, spiritual being. And they got whooped. They tried to throw the badge out and say, you know, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. And then this entity says, Paul, I have heard of Jesus. We know, but who are you? And so when, when you have these deputized leaders that have a, a, a badge that resembles authority, that's when you get all these people, uh, pretty much bogarting their leadership on everyone they can you know, grab because they themselves are voided of leadership. And the only way they can fill it or they know how to fill that void is by exercising. That's the worst kind of leader, right? And I'm saying leader by title, right? It's not a leader, but as long as we continue to deputize leadership, that's what we got to deal with. Well, I mean, organizations need to have somebody in charge of, of something. It normally starts out with a, a function. You might have, let's deal with a, a landscaping team. So you've got four guys that you need to drop off in a neighborhood to yep. blow the leaves and mow the grass. And Fred, you're going to be in charge because you own the truck. And so Fred you know, is now in charge. And so if anybody needs gas for their machine, they come to see Fred and Fred does the county. You've got to have somebody in charge of something. Where the problems begin is that these deputies or these deputies that have been anointed with this prize of leadership in the field, and they've now grown up in the organization. They didn't grow up internally but they may have grown up um, through the hierarchy of that yeah, organization mm-hmm. and there, and there's that empty void. Um, right. I, I, myself, I think I, I shared with you, I uh, had organizations where, where I had gone into countries and I'd appointed uh, ABC, Tom, Dick, Harry, and, and Belinda as managers or leaders, and then come back, circle back six months later uh, and said, Hey, uh, Where's all of our top producers? Oh, well, they didn't like Belinda. 
Nope. They, nobody liked her. When you made her the manager, when you made her the leader, they all left and went to, they all work across the street now. They work for the competition and they're doing really well, I hear. I think, uh, Sam, your favorite uh, sales leader was uh, number one last month and he did over a million plus. And you think to yourself, wait a minute, I'm the one who I put Belinda in charge. So you have to take responsibility for that. Uh, right. Whether you admit it or not publicly, you have to take responsibility for it. Exactly. So where do you grow leaders, Enrique? How do you do that? Yeah, it's, it starts with the the person that's deputizing, right? <laughs> the person who's deputizing has to understand the fullness of their action. When you place someone in leadership position, it is the onus is on you to ensure that that leadership is legacy based. And by what I mean is beyond your tenure, beyond their tenure. That, that's the type of leadership development that needs to be happening. But oftentimes, as you mentioned, hey, we have a job to do. I need somebody in there. And because of poor planning, that's we get into those positions because of poor planning. We didn't scale in our head far enough to think that, oh, between now and six months from now, I'm probably going to have a space where I need someone to let me start working on that person today. So when that happens, I know exactly who I'm going to put in that position. Even if it doesn't happen, does the person suffer because they got trained? Never. You have a better a better person on your team. So the onus is on the person who's making these decisions to put people in leadership positions. Because most of the times, you know, we we, we look at the, uh, the high-tech guy, the guy and the girl that is technically sound, they're quoting publications. <laughs> Those are the kind of people you like to hear and, and be around. They're quoting publications and citing this document and, and all the technical reasons why we're going to make that decision. Well, usually we say, that's the leader. Let's put them in there. So... How do you develop them? First, you have to understand that that responsibility is yours. If you're at the top of the rung, that responsibility is yours. So anything that happens or doesn't happen is on you, right? And you mentioned that, right? Uh, in your example. Secondly, what's the capacity of this person to adapt to this new leadership position? because not everybody wants to be at the front line. Some people like the sixth position. I'll, hey, I got your back. I, I, I'll do anything for you, but don't put me in front. So you have to know the capacity of the person as well. And then after you know those two things, then develop a sound educational and adaptable sequences of learning things that they will attract and, and adapt and adapt. Yeah. So thank you for that, Enrique. I'm just thinking now, of course, Fortune 500 companies, that they understand the power of leadership, the power of, of success, succession. So they understand the legacy benefits of growing new leaders. But when you have small businesses, mom, pa businesses, who now we're, we're just opening up a second store next week, and, and you've got that kind of micro leadership, 
miniature leadership, if I if I may. And then you have another phenomenon which I was involved in as a as a mentor, which is the startups. Right. So you have tremendous amount of startups. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned the technical guy, because you've got a bunch of startup uh, people. I didn't right. use the word geeks. You got a bunch of startup people who have uh, got great ideas and they're full of creativity and they've got this great passion. And then you get them in the room and they their job is to come up with a kind of a semi-business plan. And somebody says, who needs a plan? That's old school thinking. No, yeah. we're just going to be. And then so you, mm-hmm. you see them try to connect with each other and right. how they're going to happen. And then pretty soon, one of the founders will have an ego issue. Yeah. That's when, you know, that's how that's how the whole thing disconnects. Is there a resource or does your company have a resource where startups and small businesses don't have to go through the whole learning curve, don't have to crash land, don't have to have a big breakup uh, that they can tack on to some body of knowledge or some body of mentorship that will help them shape the leadership metrics that they need and the pillars of leadership that they really need to be able to navigate their own seas. Yeah, no, there's uh, there's plenty of resources. They're not just mine. They're out there, they're, there's just so many. Um, what I provide is an introspective uh way of developing a person now let me tell you about startup because I, I actually worked for a startup for two years and they weren't really a startup i think they were more they just kept <laughs> the name startup but so this is what i tell most ceos executives and startups if you don't think of yourself as a large company today starting today you won't get there. You will always be in small company mentality. What that does is it puts you in survival mode all the time. You're just trying to survive. You're just trying to make it to the next day. So if you implement things, a scalable thing, but you implement them to meet the demands of a big company, even though you're kind of like, stepping through you're going to be better off than the person that just said okay we're going to take the next five years we're going to be a startup (laughs) you like you plan to be a startup for five years okay all right so number one for those out there you have to think big if you're going to be big If, if you can't do that you're going to be struggling number two start today Get that education, get that exposure today. What I do is I kind of seem them to big mentality, right? Big thinking mentality with the capacity they have today, right? Because you're not going to put a, a, a nine volt into a power plant and say, okay, I hope this works. It ain't going to work. <laughs> it ain't going to work, right? So know where you are, know where you want to be, fill in the gap. Right. So scale, big picture, um, visualize the growth. Uh, of course, that would help jolt someone into into out of the bubble that they're in. Like you said, survival mode, living day to day, because the arguments come up. You know, the yeah. arguments come up. Hey, 
We need a we need a seasoned CEO. Hey, we need a seasoned uh, vice president of sales. We need we need somebody. And and there's four of us, and we only have enough money to pay the uh, air conditioning bill for this garage next month for my aunt, but we don't have enough money to take a road trip to 400 miles down the road to go meet my other uncle who might be able to have these skills. So they don't have the resources to be able to, to bring in those guns. And, and yet some of them might understand that they're needed. Yeah. Uh, And when, and when, you know, when you say startups, uh, I, I actually know a very successful startup uh, recently, uh, they got acquired, and they were a startup. Uh, Enrique, I know that you joked about this, mm-hmm. but they were a startup for a number of years. And that, when I say yeah. startup, you know, they they had uh, probably pollinated, attracted uh, fifty million dollars over that time, and now they've scaled up and they've been acquired, and you know, and now they're part of a bigger company. But during that time, you know, there was egos, there was. There were probably, I, I like to say, the pots and pans yeah. thrown ac- across the kitchen. There were people who threw their toys out of the pram. You know, there were ego attacks, etc. And this will happen. This will happens in families. It happens in some of the, you know, my childhood uh, uh, bands. You know, some of my favorite bands broke up. Yeah. Why did they break up? Well, because John was unhappy and because so-and-so was unhappy and you know, and you can't you can't understand it, but when you understand the dynamics of of egos and how to placate egos and how to settle them down and how to have that common denominator, where's that anchor of of trust? And here's the juxtaposition. All the countries that I put my businesses in and all the offices that I created, my biggest number one thing wasn't about do I have a leader here? who has technical experience. You mentioned this. So technical experience was very important. So do I have a leader who's got the technical experience and do I have the leader who has influential leadership experience? Do I have a leader who I trust? Then there's no deal. So, you know, there's, there's more than just that one thing about being a, here's a superstar, don't trust him. Here's a person great with, with people, probably good at his job, don't trust him because he could like steal that department or steal those ideas and get people to follow him. So, or her. So at the end of the day, there's a lot more to it that goes into it. And that's why it's important, as you said, to grow your own leaders and put those fundamentals in the beginning of a startup by saying, listen, today, just imagine where you would be five years from now. Imagine what your company would be like. Imagine that you would be billing this these numbers and this amount how would that feel how would that what would that be like what would you need what kind of resources what kind of lifestyle would you have what kind of leadership what kind of board would you need to have and how would that behave so yeah that's a great that's a great exercise to get them to go through absolutely for sure yeah and as long as we're human we're going to deal with ego right that's going to happen uh you know why do why are there quarreling because selfish gain, right? Selfish gain. Self gets in the way, and then we we have a quarrel. It's just the way it is. Yeah, and sometimes, um, Enrique, it's not selfish. Uh, it's insecurity. Uh, sometimes it's fear. Um, so, some of the some of the underlying emotives that drive people's behavior 
are well beyond those factors. And sometimes we, we have to dig even further to find out what it is. Um, and it could be, you know, some learned behavior from their childhood or something they saw on a, on a TV show that made them look like they've got swag. So they're behaving that way. We don't know. Um, and it's, you know, we always say that when, when we look at how people get elected to high political office around the world, it's normally through some type of popularity competition at the end of the day. Right. I'm simplifying this, of course. And please, I don't mean any disrespect to any nation and any system. But somehow or another, it's some kind of a popularity competition. And so if, when, you, when they win that popularity competition, then they're in charge of uh, a territory or a country or whatever they're in charge of. But do they ever go to flight school? Do they ever have to learn geography or the culture or do they get, you know, is there any qualification? No, it's popularity. And so when you get leaders within organizations who got there because they're popular, that's okay. However, are they trustworthy? Are they honorable? Are they congruent with what they say? Do that? Do they have the technical savvy or if not, Henry Ford was a button pusher. I might know, not know the answer to that, but I know which button to push to bring the right person in here to answer that question for you. So sometimes technical information is not everything. I think you remember Steve Jobs, the, the, I think most people have seen the movie about his life, how he hired the guy from Pepsi. Yeah, smart. He, smart. <laughs> yeah, so he said, we need a CEO. And so he brings in this guy. Now, of course, it might it might have been a good decision at the time. It might not have been. That guy ended up not covering his six at all, and uh, and helping get rid of it. But in, at the end of the day, the, the, what Steve saw is that there was a gap, mm -hmm. and it's not just in his organization. It's in communities. There's a leadership famine, uh, I believe, uh, throughout the world that people would love to rely on someone would love to blindly follow people, but we've learned that we cannot because everyone is, like you said, is human and every human is fallible. Yeah, no, it's funny because you mentioned the, the gap and how everybody is, is wanting to fill that with the type of leadership that you can lay your head to, to, to bed at night and say, wow, I'm glad I have that person at, at the helm, right? When we're out to see the Navy, the captain has to sleep. So what does he have? An officer of the deck. Somebody that he has deputized, right? It comes from him to drive the ship at night and to keep him abreast of all changes. Even if you have to wake him up at night. Where is the at-sea cabin? It's by the bridge. <laughs> he sleeps right by the bridge or right a deck under of the bridge why so so that it doesn't that can that communication doesn't need to wait till you go all the way down to you know deck birthing which is almost at the bottom of the ship you go down one flight of steps or you just walk out of the bridge and boom you knock on the door skipper this is what's going on we all want to raise great leaders but we're in a rush to mostly because we fail to plan in other areas. And so when you're rushed to bring up leaders, you skip a lot of steps. And so 
in the case of the OOD, that person is thoroughly, thoroughly vetted. I mean, they go through a board process that's crazy, technical, right? Technical will get you to a position. What you do afterwards, let's say that person fails to report to the skipper, something happened. Things can go deathly wrong, <laughs> deadly wrong. Uh, if, if they, if they misuse that deputation or, or that, you know, that badge. So what do we have to do? We just got to follow up. There's a void. Yes, we all see it. Who's following up. That's, that's it. The, the person, uh, is there's a person responsible for that. And that's usually the, the main leader, the big guy, the big gap, right? Yeah, and of course you have company owners today go, well, you know, you just can't find good people. Yeah. Just can't find and you know, they might be partially right, but it's within their area of responsibility to up their game. Yep. Um, the world is changing and um, so 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 is public awareness, so is employee awareness, employee rights. The whole world is spinning and so companies and leaders today who continue to up their game, to continue to sharpen their skills, continue to grow their empathy for people, um, grow their abilities as seamen, as you just uh, described, uh, would be able to navigate those shores. So bringing in all the tools and the, the measurements to be able to understand where they are now and understanding their trajectory of where they will probably be going should they keep their current course and then improving themselves on a constant basis. That's absolutely right. Now I would think about my son again, because when you, when you talk about the responsibility there for the training and what goes on within the leadership, you know, if I, if I aim to see a great young man and a great man, I have to invest in that growth today. He has all the capabilities of being one because he's growing up in a household that's, you know, centered on love, uh, centered on uh, admonishment and, and bringing up great people. But if I, the head of the house, do not invest in him, anything can happen, right? So what I'm trying to do in my leadership life is to show my capabilities by what people see of my members of my house. Uh, so they understand that my leadership training is invested internally first. And if you can see the proof of it in my home, what can I do for your company? Well, that sounds to me like you need to be inviting <laughs> us all over for dinner soon. So we can <laughs> hey, I cook too. So <laughs> see, all right, now, now you've, you've taken this podcast to a totally different level. I think I'm just saying to the production team here, it looks like we're going to be doing a remote over at Enrique Acosta Gonzalez's home. You're welcome to my house any day, MJ. Thank you. <laughs> appreciate it. Tell me a little bit about this. How did you get your whole leadership passion? Was it in the military? It was. It was, but it was the, the technical piece, right? So that's, that's what I'll say. And that's why I've split it into technical and adaptive. Uh, there's two different types of problems that we can face in, in a day, a technical issue and an adaptive issue, right? And, and we always try to treat everything technically. So I was raised in the military, 18 years old, I was in boot camp. 
I left, you know, 26 years later. So I grew up in the military. They taught me the technical background and all the education I could ever want. Uh, I'm still learning daily. I'm, I'm, I'm on a course right now. So you never stop learning, but the military doesn't teach too much of the the intangible leadership, right? <laughs> those, those things that are warm and fuzzy and really can get you into hearts of your people. Not not too much warm and fuzzy, <laughs> you're saying? Yeah, no. But there's an avenue for that, right? That's you. You're the you're the one that brings leadership. So you can get taught all you want, but if you don't bring leadership, forget it. So I, through, you know, my faith life, was able to tap into that, those intangible things, you know, compassion, love, grace, mercy, just, you know, justice. Uh, and all those things, actually both worlds kind of melted together and I was able to do what I do. But even, even having that, I still had to learn that it doesn't matter how many accolades or titles I have, you know, after my name or any of that. All of those are nice. But if I can't have a conversation with somebody and they feel, man, I need to, I need to hang around this guy longer than just today. So I'm going to have to do something, but I need to continue this because what this person is saying, how they are, and how they're displaying their life, that's, I, I need some of that. If, if I can't do that as a leader, I don't want to do it. Because that's really where leadership is. It's influence. The type of influence, right? And, and, and I said leadership. Now, you got good and bad influence, right? And both of them are leadership, believe it or not. If you can lead somebody to do something wrong, guess what? You as a leader, not the right thing you want, but it's still there. So what separates me from those types of leaders is what I what I leave in the heart of a person after they have a conversation with me. what I leave on the inside that they could say, I need to follow this guy. So I learned it through many ways. But the, the, the very first and the most important way is sitting inside by yourself and saying, why, why are you leading? Why, are, why do you want to be a leader? And why are you leading? And it's usually when you can come to say, I love people. I just love people. That's a good start. That's a great start. It's certainly never the beginning. The beginning is opportunity and upward mobility. But then there's that realization and that uh, epiphany moment where you can realize, you know, why you're there. Your big why. That's great. Enrique, you have interviewed some of the top leaders across this great nation. Uh, by the way, before I even continue, I'd just like to give you a quick shout out and thank you for your service. Oh, um, uh, that's a tremendous amount. 26 years you did um, serve the Navy. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, any regrets? None. 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 I, I, hey, if you asked me, I still would have been there. Right. Okay. <laughs> right uh, now, I would have been there. <laughs> yes. Sir. And uh, having, I know that I've, I've done some interviews with some, some military.
personalities. You have too, but you've also interviewed the leadership from a variety across a kaleidoscope of backgrounds. <laughs> Can you think of, of two or three people that have really stood out in your mind on their leadership styles or their leadership credentials that you could just share with us today? Yeah, there's so there's so many that come to my head, but I'm going to mention these two because I actually just added them to my, I have this subscription-based award, I would say, you know, a raffle almost, that uh, you know, for every 100 subscribers, I pick a person out of all those subscriptions randomly and they get a book. These books are curated by myself. So, I mean, I've read them. And if they are on my list, it's because they need to be. So, Michael Latham, yeah, he wrote Catching Leadership. Wonderful book. So, Michael, kudos to you. And Daryl Bryant, Engage Lead, uh, is, is, is the book that he that he has written. It Both of those two will get you from that technical piece to where you need to be to start on the other side of leadership, the, the, the tangible side of leadership. So, so I will name those two. <laughs> okay. All right. And your son, you said you're now he's in the, in the, uh, the Academy at home. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 24 seven Academy. Does, does, does he listen? He, uh, how old is your son? Listen. How old is your son? Well, he, he'll be 14 here in uh, September. Still a chance. Yeah, no, no, there's, there's plenty of chances. Uh, and um, and I also have a, a, a almost 10-year-old. He's uh, born on the Navy's birthday, so thank you, Lord. Uh, so but so both of them. But uh, the one I'm, I'm honing in on, obviously, that's looking into life here is a, is a 14-year-old. No, he listens. Uh, he has a way of... Uh, an ability to debate <laughs> like I've never seen, <laughs> but he does take things to heart and you have to, you have to understand when you're leading, even in your children, it's not your timetable. It's their timetable. It's up to you to give them the resources to make the right decision. So he's learning on his timetable. <laughs> okay. Very good. Enrique, I want to thank you so much for, uh, sharing with us just a little microscopic idea of your philosophy and, and how you look at leadership. And of course, if our listeners uh, want to reach out to you, I'll be asking our editing team to drop in the links. Uh, is there any particular go-to uh, website you can just give, do a shout out now so we, so we all know? Yeah, uh, triadleadershipsolutions.com is my website. But I live on LinkedIn, so if you want to reach me there, Enrique Acosta Gonzalez, I'm sure I'm the only one. But uh, you can reach me there. You are the one and only, and it's a pleasure and honor to have had you here today, sir. Thank you again for your service. Thank you for Thank what you, you do. Thank you for who you are. Stay faithful, stay blessed, and keep us all ignited with this great leadership tribal influence that you continue to hold the torch for all leaders around the world. Thank you again. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the mission. We welcome you to explore our next mission on Possible with Coach MJ. Welcome. Meet ordinary people who have achieved the extraordinary. Join us on the Mission Impossible show with Coach MJ. Like, comment, and share to inspire others to be possible today.